Welcome to We Need to Talk About Study, the show where we talk about men and women from history named Stephen. There have been many Stevens, Stefanis, Stefans, Stevies, Stefans, movies, TV, music, books, history, publishing. Stephen is one of the most powerful names that has ever existed, and this is a podcast dedicated to the men and women who have borne the name Stephen. Back again, back again, jiggity jig. The boys are back in town. Time to talk about a Stephen who is a pig. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've already done our Seagal episode. I don't want and Steve Bannon get the episode. Yeah, I don't want to get the audience. We, too there excited. might be hogs in this episode. Oh, there's definitely. We're. we're I'm going to tease something here. Multiple hogs. <laughs> multiple hog measures. We're. They're all feeding at the trough today. Oh yeah, and you bet. I hope someone brought a bunch of corn cobs. Because these pigs are coming out. They want to eat, chew through some empty soda cans? Or is that goats? I think that's goat. Well, I think it's both. Pigs will eat anything. Yeah. But goats they have eat, the like, rep. Bo- they eat like uh, bones. Like, don't like mob people feed bodies to pigs? That's what I've heard from the movie Snatch. Yeah, yeah. me too. Oh, maybe just British mob people. British mob, yeah. Because yeah. they don't have like um, car crushing facilities and incinerators. That and like, go a bunch of pigs. <laughs> and they we don't give it to the pigs. <laughs> and they don't turn it into salami afterwards. No. <laughs> the Italian mob is like, we're not. We're about to fucking eat those things. We're not turn eating. Turn this into prosciutto. We're not eating person. No, we gotta save this. You'll hang him up at a meat cooler in New Jersey for a couple months. We'll get some more to dell out of this <laughs> so how are you doing sean <laughs> clearly pretty good how are you doing i'm pretty good oh man is there anything that you needed to catch up on catch up the uh, audience on or anything well no although i'm a real fan of telling everybody thanks for your subscriptions and your sharing uh, again you know we watch our charts we are our own producers and uh whatever you guys are doing is working so thanks for that keep doing it yeah, I mean, this is the number one podcast that Sean and I make. So yeah. for that, thank you. That's right. We are literally breaking our own records every day here, and uh, it's all thanks to the fans. Yeah, we're batting a hundred, or no, <laughs> maybe a thousand. Right? Batting a yeah. hundred is not good. I think we're you hoping to... to bat a thousand at some point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're almost there, guys. We're getting there, guys. Um, no, seriously, please keep telling the people you meet um, at the grocery store. Um, People yeah. next to you pumping gas, let them know. If you're stuck in traffic, roll down your window. Try Scream to get someone's attention and say, hey. Or just turn up the, your uh, volume on the podcast and have them be like, what is that? What are you listening to? Yeah, what? be like, you won't believe it. These guys are building an encyclopedia of Stevens. <laughs> and then and then they roll up their window and run a red light to get away from you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, oh, shit, there's a crazy person behind the wheel right next to me. And you can feel like you've done your duty as a fan. So thank you for that. Yeah. Um, let's see. I needed to remind the listeners that we have a big vote in California yesterday. Mm, yes, so please. please go out yesterday and mm, vote. Yes. If you can, um, recall back in your memory what you would have done and, and do the right thing in the booths this time. Yeah. Just as long as, you know, yesterday you go vote. We're do good. we know? I mean, this isn't really on topic for us, but I don't give a shit. Do we know any results yet? Is it too early to tell? Yeah, the results are coming in. Who's our new governor? Is it that asshole Gavin Newsom? He's leading right now. Mm. You know, they're all assholes. Oh, they are. <laughs> I hate... And I... he's a real slicked back asshole. He's like He's a... a sexy used car salesman. He's like the kind of uh, mayor of Gotham City that Batman would have to put a choke against a <laughs> yeah. wall 
at He's some point be like, the do the right it. thing. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> you greasy motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, he's a real... Um, I heard like an interview with him on NPR the other day, and it was really fucking funny because he has all these crazy ideas, and they just kept saying, yeah, how are you going to do that? And he's like... Dude, listen. Yeah. Like, we don't worry about that kind of thing. Like, this is what I want to do, and like, if I get in, I'm gonna figure it out then. Yeah, he is a real like platitudes, yeah, kind of asshole. Platitude, but changes in platitudes, sadly, changes in attitudes. He's kind of like our only hope in beating a Republican. So yeah, exactly. And then the other guy is Antonio Villagrosa, who was our own Los Angeles mayor yeah, for a while. And we that, don't like this guy. We do not like. I this don't guy. think LA likes him. Angelinos do not like this yeah. guy. Well, I like that. I like that, too. Okay, well, yeah. now that we've covered California <laughs> politics... <laughs> bored the shit out of everybody. This one is especially for all of our European and East Coast listeners. I'm sure you're <laughs> riveted by this kind of talk. Yeah. Okay, so should we uh, introduce our Steven? Yeah, you guys are going to love slash hate this one. So, Michael, okay. do the honors. On the first round of Family Feud, we're asking our contestants to name a Stephen who was once a king of comedy, <laughs> is on TV like six hours of every day, doesn't trust atheists, and thinks he knows women better than they know themselves. Sean, survey says... Steve Harvey! You said what? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Now... If you could see Sean's glassy eyeballs rolling around in his head right now. Oh, man, yeah. Um... What a guy. I mean, Where to begin with Steve Harvey? I feel like I say it almost every time because we cover such famous Stevens, but you're living under a rock if you don't know this guy. Yeah, this, this guy is, is everywhere. He's omnipresent. Okay, so this actually, just st- t- uh, talking about him being everywhere. So I was watching him on Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. Did you see that I saw episode? that, yeah. So he did have a pretty funny joke on there, mm-hmm. which was... You know, someone, one of his buddies asked him, he's like, aren't you afraid of being oversaturated? And he goes oversaturated with money <laughs> he's yeah, like no that's pretty good i'm not worried about that <laughs> and it shows <laughs> and he says he's like you know nike like you see those nike swooshes everywhere like do, are they oversaturated i mean reebok wishes they could be anywhere near that saturated no he has a good point there and i do like that attitude it's a real um it's a real come from the bottom attitude which we'll get into because that is his background yeah but it reminds me of something metallica said in their documentary where or it might it, I think it was in their documentary. Don't that, steal our shit or we'll kill you. Yeah, they're nasty dog. <laughs> no, someone said like, aren't you guys afraid like with all this commercial shit you've been doing like lately that everyone's just gonna think you're sellouts? And they're like, we are sellouts. We sell out like the fucking Rose Bowl every <laughs> yeah. other weekend. <laughs> like that's we what sell I, out every venue we go to. It's I, great. I remember seeing the Black Keys on um, Stephen Colbert when he had the Colbert Report years ago, and this is like they had just kind of broken through into the mainstream, and they were on like five car commercials at the same time and they were getting a lot of shit for being sellouts and Stephen colbert brought it up to them like are you guys worried about that and they're like no that's kind of like why we did this (laughs) (laughs) being a like if you could sell one of your fucking songs to a toyota commercial and you can make millions of dollars what's the problem you do it I've thought about this before because I remember being a sellout was such a big deal like when you're a younger person and it comes to bands. 
And then, you know, like when you get older, you realize anyone can be a sellout or not. But it's not about like whether or not you're in a Toyota commercial and making money. It's about like if you believe in, say, environmental consciousness, right. but then you sell your song to ExxonMobil. Right. Now you're a sellout. Yeah. But if, you, if you're just an artist who sells to a big company for a harmless, normal product... You're just a successful business person. Right. And aren't they like sellouts at the beginning by signing with Warner or something, right? Like why are why are you not on an indie label? It's not fair for people to expect artists to want to be unsuccessful and poor. I know. Why like why do people (laughs) want their artists to be broke? No, like the whole goal is that these people will make a living off of songs and the way you guys are all downloading shit for free, this is probably the best way they can do it. Mm -hmm. So shut the fuck up. Yeah. If I was an artist I would still consider myself to have every ounce of integrity in the world if Toyota knocked on my door and said, hey, we really like your song. Can we put it on like the, the new Highlander commercial? You say, yes, please. Be like, yeah, are you running over a kid or anything? <laughs> like, okay, no, great. Well, yeah. can you? Then please. Yeah. <laughs> then no, because I stand by my goddamn song. <laughs> the song is about running over kids. It's about killing babies with SUVs. It's about poking holes in airbags in strangers' cars. <laughs> it's like poking a hole in a condo. <laughs> Just like, I put a hole in a child seat airbag. Don't Did you tell ever, Karen. <laughs> was there, like, I don't know if this is real or an urban legend about someone putting, like, needles in... Like McDonald's Haystacks? straws, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then making us find them. Yeah. <sighs> I just use a metal in detector. In McDonald's straws, huh? Like in some restaurant straws, like someone would put needles, and then you go and like suck, suck through it, it and just like pokes you in the tongue. I've never heard that, but I've heard similar. I the, mean, there was all those lies about razor blades and yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Apples. Of. Wow, the what about the straws? That's really like insidious. Should we try that? That's like a two-step process. I know. Well, you have to like work there, or at least work in the processing plant. Although, if you tore the packaging off a straw, wouldn't the needle just fall out the bottom before you got it in your drink? Maybe. So maybe they had to work there. Or maybe this is all a lie. <laughs> maybe this is something a 15-year-old made up <laughs> yeah. to scare his brother. When I was coincidentally 15. <laughs> exactly. Um, wow. Steve Harvey. Steve Harvey. You know, guys, you wouldn't know it by the first couple of minutes of the show, but there's actually a lot to talk about. I know. There's almost too much to talk about yeah. with him. He's I got kind overwhelming, of, Steve. Yeah, I got overwhelmed looking for kind of like where to begin the research and where like the middle of it was because he's in so much stuff yeah he's done his body of work he's like a regis philbin character who's like yeah or a carson daly or something or a carson daly yeah good good point he's just one of these guys that's like yeah i'll do any show you throw my way yeah and it's all shows that have like orders of 530 minute episodes yeah you're like jesus how do i dig through this fucking material yeah he has thousands and thousands of hours of stuff Uh uh-huh and, uh, you know, sadly, some of it's kind of good. I know. And maybe the audience doesn't understand why I think that's sad, but trust me, we'll get there. This yeah, guy's we'll get a complicated to it. man with a lot of ins, a lot of outs, yeah. a lot of angles. So I guess maybe I'll start with that comedians in cars getting coffee. Perfect. Because he kind of came into my consciousness. I remember, well, I, saw, I remember seeing the original Kings of Comedy a long time ago, the Spike Lee. Mm-hmm. Um, documentary. I about. think it's called a joint, Michael. Oh yeah, Spike Lee joint, <laughs> joint humanity. Yes. It's... <laughs> so I think that's when I. Spike Lee <laughs> that's when I first knew about him. But I think in that I just like was more focused on like because I knew who Bernie Mac was. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so then he came. Then he like came into my consciousness again a few years ago with this video of him shitting on 
women and dating and atheists and yeah. religion and all this stuff. Yeah. And so that was kind of forefront in my mind about him. So I thought, let me start with comedians and cars getting coffee for the podcast research. Just because I'm like, that's like his original ground, right? He's mm-hmm. a comedian. Yes. Jerry Seinfeld knows how to interview people. And I kind of like liked him a lot watching it. Yeah. He, he seemed super he funny. Likeable. And it's like guys like that, you kind of just want to hear them talking just about like craft in the business. Yes, which thankfully that's all that was covered yeah. in that episode. Yeah. Yeah, and it was great because in that show, I didn't know what to think because I already didn't like Steve Harvey again for reasons we'll get to. But when Jerry Seinfeld got with him, it was very like jovial, a lot of bon hummy going on. I think they just smoked cigars and talked about the yeah. Apollo. Mm-hmm. And uh, Steve Harvey was very like deferential to Jerry and right. very respectful and like... Not that he wouldn't be. He's not like a dickhead comic or anything. Yeah. But you could just tell that those guys actually, you know, from two completely different stratospheres of comedy, mm-hmm. knew and liked each other's work. Yeah, so I wonder if that, like, played on my psyche at all, where I was like, okay, well, if Jerry likes him, then yeah. give him the benefit of the doubt Because Jerry's a pretty tough critic. Like, yeah. And what I like about Jerry Seinfeld is if he doesn't like you, he'll tell you. you and know? see, that's what I think Steve Harvey would tell someone I bet if he was on some, like, podunk radio show mm-hmm. or whatever, he would, like, tease the person. Yeah. I mean, and that's what he does in his career, right? That's like, his thing, yeah. On Family Feud, and I think he... Did he used to do Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, too? I don't know. We could figure that this I out. Don't, I don't yeah. think so, because trivia seems, like, off-brand for him. Yeah, but isn't Family Feud trivia? I guess so. But I feel like Who Wants to Be a Millionaire... Yeah, he it's did it. It's a little it. serious for him. Oh, he only did it for... Um, see, okay, this is the issue. That was Cedric the Entertainer, who was also in... Wait, he hosted Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? For Cedric? Five, Cedric did or does? Oh, I guess Cedric... So I'm thinking of Bernie Mac, who's dead. Sorry, everybody. Yeah, we, Bernie Mac... We should have done our homework on the other kings of comedy. I know. I mean, we'll do our hog homework in a little bit. Yeah, don't worry about that, guys. <laughs> <laughs> you know we're going to do that, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so, yeah, I guess he did. He only hosted Millionaire for five episodes. Interesting. Steve Harvey. Well, what's f- interesting to me about that is, again, I guess you're right. He does trivia, but Who Wants to Be a Millionaire is not usually like a comedian host because it's so no. serious. It's a million dollars on the line. Yeah, but they got to be able to like banter in between I guess. The questions. You still need someone. I mean, Philbin did it, right? Yeah, Regis. Regis was a, a pretty good host of that show, I think. Yeah. He's like, well, you think that's the answer? <laughs> okay. Are you Are sure? Because sure? <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> the producers tell me nothing. Uh, yeah. I'm just a dumb, wall-eyed, <laughs> weird little Is he elf. still alive? <laughs> he is, but I think he's retired. Yeah. He's kind of, I get him and Dick Clark mixed up, too. Oh, totally. Well, for good reason. They're they're both the same kind of guy. And also, did you know, this trivia might be outdated now, but I read several years ago that Regis Philbin is the most filmed human being in history. Whoa. He's on more tape, whether it be video or film or photograph, than anyone else. Interesting. I mean, he's probably been... Like, has he been in the biz since he was 20 yeah, or 18 Yeah, I think he's like one of those, like, Mickey Rooney, or is it Andy Rooney? One of, one of those Rooney Andy, guys. Andy Rooney did 60 Minutes. So Mickey Rooney. <laughs> but maybe, no, but maybe um, Andy Rooney, because if he was on that, that mm. show's like the longest running TV show ever. True. Or, or Meet the Presses. But like, True. it's like, that show's been on 
200 nights a year yeah. for fucking 40 years. I think both of those guys were fr- were on TV or film from a very young age, so it would be like if Ron Howard never stopped doing Happy Days. Right. <laughs> and it was, like, still going. Welcome to the Steve Harvey episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, where we talk about everyone Except who's Steve not Steve Harvey. Harvey. Yeah. Um, I promise you we will. This guy's got the most insane career. Like, he uh, was homeless for a while. He started his comedy career in 1985 and couldn't get it off the ground for like three years, but would not give up to the point where he literally lived in his like 1975 Ford and would shower in public restrooms and like just get in like public pools surreptitiously and like wash his butt off. Whoa. Yeah. And and like three years of that shit. Most people would probably crack after like two months. Yeah. So maybe this is part of his like... Um, self-help guru thing that he does he feels he's an adam carolla-esque type guy who's like i've done everything i needed to do to goddamn pull myself (laughs) and if you can't you fucking you're a fucking loser (laughs) yeah which has like but he has like weird shades of adam carolla and like tony robbins or something like that yeah because well i think he has the insidiousness of a tony robbins yeah where it's like they both have the same size teeth Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Maybe there's like a weird like horse denture thing going on to, with yeah. self. We got to measure the teeth. We gotta Maybe that's a new teeth. segment. <laughs> Let's measure those chompers. Where <laughs> someone like, we do a jingle with Jewish dentists who go around. <laughs> Let's measure Put those your teeth, head back, please. <laughs> I want to measure those now teeth. Say ah. <laughs> Doctor Feinberg presents. <laughs> Let's. Uh... Doctor Fine Teeth. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's. He's a, just a complex guy because he's said some abhorrent shit before, and he's got some weird viewpoints, but there's no denying that this guy has definitely been down there in the trenches and, like, pulled his career out the hard way. Yeah, so that's, like, what you were saying with him oversaturating or whatever. It's just, like, yeah, like why you would fucking he? do it. That's the goal. Right? If you've lived in your car for three years and been bathing in sinks mm-hmm. in public libraries for three years... Like, I'm, I'm never doing that again. And all of a sudden, someone's like, don't you think you're on TV a little too much? You'd mm-hmm. be like, no, I don't. Well, that's, like, when, <laughs> Not like at all. how the Israeli, like, Air Force will fly jets over... Um, one of the places where the concentration camps were just to remind them like a couple times a year or something they'll fly the jets over because of like a never again thing Mm -hmm. and it's like all right guys this is 60 years ago you don't need to do it but they're like never again never again yeah so i think that's the uh, steve harvey mentality yeah it is and i respect that that's the part of him that i have a hard time arguing with yeah because that's just old-fashioned work ethic but he does get into Tony Robbins' kind of self-help weird territory where it's like, okay, but not everyone's going to be able to do that. And you kind of can't hold everyone to your metric right. of success. And so I think a lot of successful guys fall into that trap where they're like, well, I became a millionaire because I forced my way into it. So everyone can become a millionaire. It's not yeah. really true. Okay, so this is a good segue to this thing I watched, which was like Steve Harvey's 10 Rules for Success. Now, this guy loves rule lists. Now, caveat though. Some guy made this video mm. and it's a bunch of clips of Steve Harvey on different shows. And so I don't know if this is like he's ever listed it in yeah, this order. So okay. this guy did this. But it's all vague self-help guru bullshit. Mm-hmm. And there's one that like really stuck out to me that I'm going to like try to explain to you that just okay, made me go perfect. like what the fuck are you talking about? It's Mr. Steven. Okay, so first one, find your gift. 
whatever right this sounds like, like a christmas tip <laughs> <laughs> to me it's like a game of white elephant <laughs> i'm like mom okay Dad, it's sister. behind the tree like, there's oh, some oh, oh the looks, getting hotter look son there's something behind the tree <laughs> all right so guys steve harvey find says your find your gift and that's the only one you can open right so i guess know what you're good at and stick with that number two embrace failure which is not some novel idea right like you're gonna mm-hmm. fail ten thousand times before you. It just is a good tip because it means you know, like spin that mentally to your advantage. When you fall off the horse, be like, next time I'm just gonna do my best not to. Uh huh. Number That's- number three, push through the dirt. Okay, this is actually the second one. That Sounds like confused. Maybe me. some butt fucking. And this advice. was <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> clean out the dirt. <laughs> push through (laughs) so his push through the dirt thing is all just from an analogy that he's like how the fuck do you put a seed in the ground you put dirt over it and it grows and he's like he's like stupefied by this concept that like that like you can't have a seed just like he's like you would think you would just throw a seed on top of concrete and then like it would grow but like you're putting dirt on top of this what are you doing what and I'm sure that also gets into the whole, like, evolution doesn't make oh, any sense stuff. sure. So, okay, I'm going to skip my... <laughs> Stupefied. I'm going to skip my favorite one. I'll come back to it. Yeah, but save it for last. Surround yourself with like-minded people. Well, okay. that's always a great way to get smarter. Manage your <clears throat> strengths. Oh, yeah, this was him saying... <laughs> he was on Oprah or something, and he was like, Look, I'm not good at computers, so I hire someone to do computers for me. To do computers. And it's like, he's like, I know what I'm good at, and I know I'm not good at computers. Okay. Seven, balance between flexibility and focus. Don't get it. Number eight was funny. Yeah, wait, can we stop (laughs) on that one? Wait, so balance balance between flexibility and focus. I wish I remembered the thing or had the time stamped. Oh, I think maybe I understand it. So it's like, because he's a guy who does 100 shows a day, he has to try to figure out like okay which one is the most important and like i want to be flexible and do 100 but maybe i can only really do 50 right so i need to focus on what's the most important to me and like be only as flexible as yeah that. and maybe like don't get mad at yourself yeah if you didn't like i think it's like manage your time type of I thing i think that's good success yeah. advice yeah i'll buy that number eight was jump and the only clip of this was <laughs> he was it was like a I think he does, like, audience warm-up stuff or kind of behind-the-scenes stuff on his shows. I believe it. And he's talking about, like, one of the technical directors, and he goes, this young man worked at a movie theater for four years, and now he's a director of a TV show. So he jumped up and, like... Yeah. I feel like he skips a lot of stuff. So his advice is to get a promotion? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Right? Oh, I never thought about that one. Number nine, dream big. That's kind of the same one. Number 10, show emotion. Steve Harvey, like, cries all the fucking time. But Mm. I think it's, like... Oh, that kind of emotion. Show you're, like, passionate about something. That seems almost like a sociopathic uh, checklist item. Fake emotion. It's like, remember that humans like to see emotion, so don't forget to just, like, try to mimic that sometimes so that people will think you're one of them. Everyone loves to see a grown man cry. Yeah. Okay, here's Careful my favorite one. one. <laughs> so multiply your effort. So this one was fucking great. He goes, everyone thinks they have a million dollar idea. Don't worry about a million dollar idea because you're not going to have it. Have a $10 idea. And he goes, and it's, I love it. So in this thing, he's sitting at his house and he's like, 
leaned back all fucking like lazily in a chair. Michael's currently leaning back doing an impression. He has a yellow like legal pad on his belly. He's like almost at like a 45 degree angle or something. And he's like writing upside down on a pad doing like very basic math. So he goes, (laughs) he goes, have your $10 idea. Do that 10 times and you have $100. Do it 10 more times and you have $1,000. Do it 10 more times and you have $10,000. And he does this until a million. But the thing is, (laughs) if you have a $10 idea... (laughs) I I can already see the flaw in this logic. (laughs) And you do it 10 times, yes, you have $100. Mm -hmm. Doing that 10 more times (laughs) doesn't equal 1000 no, it equals you have to do it. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. he does that up into a million. So if you're, he's saying you give a good, he says, you give a haircut for 10 bucks, you do that 10 times, you have $100. But if you want a million dollars, you have to do a haircut 100,000 times. Yeah, that's a lifetime. But of basically, so then at the end of this, he has a notepad that just, there's a pyramid on it and it goes 10, 100. You know what's the funniest thing? That's like such it's like is dumb math. I know it's dumb math and it's like dumb people will think, Oh yeah, he's right. You just do the ten dollar thing five times. Yeah, well that that's exactly you're right. That is a self help kind of bullshit thing because that's exactly the kind of stuff they do. These people are so desperate to just hear that they're that it's all that easy. Right. Like, and it's also... All you gotta do is make five hot dogs and sell them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's also like, you actually maybe need to do it double because half the money you gotta put back into the business. Yeah. Half of it you need to pay no, your bills. No, no, no. You're no, thinking no, all no, wrong. No. Yeah. All you gotta do is make five hot dogs and sell them to five hungry people. The first hot dog's 250 <laughs> The second hot dog is 275 By the time you get to the fifth hot dog... You, you can buy you're a, a house. millionaire. <laughs> you're like, I, what? I just want this to be true. So, so I'm gonna. <laughs> so after ten thousand haircuts, he's like, then you can hire people. But he's the math was like, you've only done this thirty times. I don't yeah. know. This is spoken with no. Well, maybe some slight disrespect, to Mr. Harvey, but it's not intended to be mean. This is spoken like someone who has a ton of other people hanging onto his money for yeah, him and for managing sure. it. Yeah, because. I know he's very rich, like a hundred plus million dollars rich. Yeah. And it sounds like he can't do like the math between. No, but he can do the social math, which is all I'm going to film this fucking video of me and put it up. And I know my audience, right? Mm -hmm. This guy's not on primetime TV. He's on TV at 10 or 11 a.m., for like yeah. all the lazy fuckers yeah, who will who never no job who will never this. follow this advice. No, but they'll be they'll really try gratified it. but to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. They'll try it for a week, right? Well, t- it Or me... they're too broke to try it. It's yes. like they're busting they're like, shit, I only have an $8 idea. <laughs> yeah, I'm fuck fucked. This. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I will I say I don't know. How do you do 8 times 8? <laughs> I will say this in his defense because we're being a little hard on him and it's a little bit um sort of i guess the word is pedantic but you know the idea behind what he's saying even if his math is wrong is not terrible it's like don't save up your million dollar idea it's like go do something yeah i I agree go fucking try something really hard even if it's not like oh i've got the next microsoft in my back pocket it's like maybe you just have the next coffee mug with a funny phrase on it. yeah and maybe it's a little too hard to like like what i was saying explain to people like 
break down the actual like economics of it mm-hmm. and i have no fucking idea what i'm talking about either but like <laughs> I, I at least know like look but you also have to like buy the pro like yeah you can do a ten dollar haircut you got to get a job at a fucking barbershop rent first. your booth gotta get a buzzer gotta get a cosmetologist degree yeah so i mean i get i understand the like glossing over that stuff to make a sweet little point that's self-help 101 but though. just why i know that's the thing you know it's like all of this stuff has been said and done a thousand times before yeah times 10 times 10 i've got a great idea why don't we each give our one best piece of self-help advice to the audience Hmm. and it should be like business-minded or something like along that line like not like get your hair cut even or i guess it could be that i already know what mine is if you need a minute to think about. no yeah you say yours so mine is something that would help you with some dumb shit like what steve harvey said so he's giving you these big ideas with no real if you're a person sitting at home in daytime watching this you're probably not going to find a way to implement Mm -hmm. that into your life my self-help advice to to any of those people would be take that plan one step at a time so if it is haircuts Maybe you should go look into cosmetology school and find right. out what that costs mm-hmm. and just worry about that. Yeah. And once you figure that out, the next step is going and taking the classes. But don't look at it as this whole like, I have a business and what's it going to cost and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Break it down into small chunks and bite it off. Yeah, I like that. I mean, I would say also like set aside if you're trying to say you like work a job or two jobs or you go to school or all of it mm-hmm. and you want to do something else, mm-hmm. you set aside an hour every day. Yeah, you wake good. up a little earlier or you stay up a little later or whenever you have a fucking break and you do an hour and you just focus on that. But what I think is even more important than that, which like, at least for me, I never did. And I don't even think my parents did it. I love where this stupid podcast is going <laughs> right now. Um, Self-help with Michael so Sean. It's not a business thing. But like for any of our like 15 year old listeners or like 18, take fucking $50 a month and put it into a retirement account right now. <laughs> yes, it's never and too early. No, do it like Do it now. immediately. Because I remember when I was in school, when I was 27, when I went back to college, or went to college for the first time, I like had one of these like self-finance, like, like classes that teaches you like how to save in economics. Yeah. And they were saying, you know, the teacher's like, you know, if you're 18 and you put in $100 a month, when you're 70, you'll have $1.8 million. Yeah. And I remember raising my hand and like, I was like, what if you're, what if you're like, <laughs> what if you put in nothing and you're 28? How long would it take to like catch up to that? How can I get 1.8 million? <laughs> she's like flip to the end of the book and like do the, there's like a chart that'll show how fucking behind you are. She's like, I don't want to dishearten the younger students here. But you so would I'm need to say the immediately figure. put in $30,000. <laughs> yeah. No, that is great advice. And then you know what? They both kind of come down to the same core piece of advice. Yeah, it's like just like any big thing that you're trying to undertake do that chunks. seems insurmountable, just do an hour a day. Little well, nibbles. If it's a project, an hour a day, or if it's retirement, X amount of money a month, something small and manageable. And uh, if you know, if it's some huge life goal, just a day at a time. Like, yeah, don't fuck. try to write your screenplay in three days. Do it in sixty days. Yeah, doucher, <laughs> fucking idiot, <laughs> you fucking moron. You're not gonna make it in this town, yeah. kid. What do you think you are, a Tarantino? <laughs> nah, 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 <laughs> way, dog. Nah, you're more of like a McG. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, kid, you're fucking McG. Now get the fuck out of my face. Well, I think this is a great entrance to Steve Harvey's um, 
self-help empire, which is like probably not as big as his television empire, but it, they're all, it's all tied into the same thing. Yeah, so can we give the names of his stupid books that he has? Please do. Okay. Number one, Act Like a Lady, Think Like a Man, which is like, who is this what book that even mean? written for? <laughs> yeah. Is <Bruce> it Jenner? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's below the belt. I don't want to get in trouble, guys. Yeah, no more below the belt jokes with him. <laughs> the whole joke is I mean below her. the belt. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> He's a joke. Uh, yeah. I mean, she's a joke. Um, okay. So this, it's like he tries to do all these all these books for how women can hang on to their husbands. And I wonder if it's a total, like, Newton's Law reaction for the two divorces that he's had in his life three I three divorces. okay yeah. yeah i didn't know if he was still with his wife right and now. and litter of children yeah there's a uh, pregnant dog who gave birth to less babies no than steve harvey has. no to be fair i think he actually only has four but he has steps oh so oh well that yeah would account so for... it's pretty reasonable four like, children's, four children's reasonable all right, all right. Yeah, i'll yeah. lay off i'll lay off yeah you win this one harvey <laughs> <laughs> well i think what after researching his whole, like, he's got a big romance advice career, which he doesn't seem particularly qualified for. But to me, it seems really tied into his whole Christian identity, which is that it's the ultimate, like, I'm going to tell you how to live a family life and a moral life. But mm-hmm. in the meantime, I'm going to completely be the opposite of that. It's like having a fucking heart surgeon who's, like, smoking during heart surgery. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I need another butt. <sighs> He, he blows it into your open chest cavity to like yeah. clear the blood out you're of like, there. You're like, sir, I, I, it's not that I disbelieve your advice, but like, damn, you're really living the opposite of this whole thing. Okay, so he also has a book um, called Jump. So maybe that's where that step came from. My time touring with Van Halen. <laughs> but then <laughs> he the also has, guy. okay, act like a success, think like a success, and straight talk, no chaser, how to keep. How to find and keep a man. So he's just all about giving women, like, Hmm. weird monogamy advice. Yeah. What I garnered from from my... Did you Jennifer Garner it? What I I Jennifer Garnered from his um, whole thing seems to be talking at women about how to be a woman. And it gave me the feeling of, like... Gives me the creeps. Like, pimp brainwashing. Yeah. He's like, you want to keep a man? I'll tell you why you're such a fucking loser, Stephanie. I'll tell you why no man wants to be with you. Mm -hmm. Because you don't drain his bowels and keep his tummy full. And it's like someone... Like, a man shouldn't really be giving that advice to a woman. No. Especially not, like, a kind of almost fundamentalist Christian man whose views on what a woman wants and needs are probably a little skewed. And so that's the thing, though... I, because he does the self-help stuff and the daytime talk stuff, it makes me, it always makes me question people's, like, true beliefs. Mm -hmm. Like, is he a fundamental, fundamentalist Christian? Or is is that his fucking audience? Yeah, right. point. Like, I mean, I think he is because I watched a bunch of his stand-up and he talked about being raised in church and all that. But that's, like, part of his brand, maybe. Yeah. Where you kind of, you always have that thing to hang your hat on. Just like the Republican Party always has it to hang their hat on, you mm-hmm. know? You don't even have to act like it, but if you say it enough, then yeah, people believe it. Or at least it gives you some kind of base for the books he's writing, right? Like, he can always go back to, like, a word 
the word of the Bible that's been around way longer than he has. So he's like, look, you know I'm right because the Bible's right. Yeah. And you can always just, like, fall back on that? I don't know. I think, no, I think you're really onto something there. And I, I guess this is why I was saying in the beginning of the show that he's a complicated man. Yeah. And he's got a couple layers that it's tough to dig through. My personal feeling on him is that I think it's genuine to the degree that any kind of super religious guy is genuine. And I think, again, like we talked on another episode about all these Republican congressmen who are always like the first to shot someone down for adultery or anything. But then they're getting they're butt the fucked guy. in a bathroom. Yeah, they're yeah. the guy who's getting butt fucked in a bathroom or they're the next guy up for adultery. Mm-hmm. Or you found out that they tried to like sell their 16 year old daughter for sex on the Internet. Right. To or like tried a stranger. to pay one of their staffers <laughs> and they're like, to well, have their baby. Yeah. But they're the first people to offer up moral advice to everyone else. And that's what Steve Harvey stinks of to me. Now I'm not. I who knows if he's. I, I I'm not saying he's into anything like that. There's no way of knowing. But he has that same kind of like zealotry. Yeah. That to me is always like mm, I suspect you now of being at least a hypocrite, maybe right. more. And he seems this. I guess I probably shouldn't paint him this way, but it seems like he maybe even has like a uh, violent or aggressive streak. Like, I wouldn't want to, and maybe this will lead into the memo that we can talk about, but he seems like you don't want to be alone in a room with him. Fuck no. And, like, him being mad at you. Especially not as, like, an underling. Right. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up, because it's on my uh, notes list to say that he seems mean. Yeah. I mean, that's literally about my note, is, like, he seems like a mean fucking guy. Well, and that's, like, his shtick on Family Feud, and... All that and it come and the he does like a show with kids. I forget what it's called. Um, little big shots. Yeah, little big shots. So his shtick is that he seems he's always like rolling his eyes or making silly faces, and it comes off as really funny. Like I think he does it really well. He's great at that, and he's like has great kind of physical comedy. Mm-hmm. But underneath that, and why it works is because he's saying like, "You're a dumb shit, aren't you?" Yeah. There's a hint right? of, and it's of, like when he's not. If you were in an office with him and he wasn't just rolling his, his eyes at you and actually telling you, like, "Listen, you motherfucker," like, yeah. do you know how I got to where I am and how much fucking smarter I am than you? Yeah. Knock on my door before you ever fucking come in here again. No, you. Right? Yeah, you are really raising exactly what I wanted to kind of try to articulate about him, which is he's the kind of guy that through pure hard work has become a success, but it's not because he's smarter than anyone else. Right. But in his mind, it is. Yeah. And he knows better than everyone around him. But it's like, okay, you've worked really hard, and let's not forget, there's some luck in there. Mm-hmm. You know, because there's a lot yeah, of other absolutely. talented people working hard that don't get whatever break it was you got. And I wonder if he would ever, even people who don't believe it's luck and who think it's like hard work and yeah. stick to it. Like if anyone talent, lived in a van for three years and tried to break into Hollywood, they can do it. Anyone, right. you can do it tomorrow. That's yeah. fucking bullshit. It's bullshit. It's complete bullshit. You yeah. have to admit that at some point a twist of fate entered into this equation. Yeah. You got fucking lucky. And you know what? He was prepared. Some, yeah, exactly. He had his act down. He had his chops down. You got to be. Pre- pre- you have to be prepared to be lucky. Is like yes. that kind of thing, right? Like, yeah. What is it? Preparation meets opportunity. Yeah. So he did the preparation, but he got the opportunity yeah. and was ready to sign on the dotted line when it came his way. Yeah. Um, but he he seems like the kind of guy who holds that over other people yeah and, and if you guys don't believe me mike maybe we should talk about 
this memo okay. that he sent Should out. I read it? This will show you I'm his read... attitude towards his staff. Yeah, I'm going to read the whole thing. It's okay. not that long. Please go ahead. Okay, so this is on uh, a few seasons in to the Steve Harvey talk show. It might just be called Steve. There's now. like a hundred shows with that name, by the way. Yeah, the <laughs> Steve got, Harvey talk show. It's got so many. Okay. Good morning, everyone. Welcome back. I'd like you all to review and adhere to the following notes and rules for season five of my talk show. There will be no meetings in my dressing room, no stopping by or no popping in. No one. Do not come to my dressing room unless invited. Do not open my dressing room door. Here's all in caps. If you open my door, expect to be removed. My security team will stop everyone from standing at my door who who have the intent to see or speak to me. I want all the ambushing to stop now. That includes TV staff. You must schedule an appointment. I have taken adva- I have been taken advantage of by my lenient policy in the past. This ends now. No more. Do not approach me while in the makeup chair unless I ask to speak with you directly. Either knock or use the doorbell. I am seeking more free time for me throughout the day. Do not wait in any hallway to speak to me. I hate <laughs> being ambushed. Please make an appointment. I promise you I will not entertain you in the hallway and do not attempt to walk with me. If you're reading this, I mean you. Everyone, do not take offense to the new way of doing business. It is for the good of my personal life and enjoyment. Thank you all, Steve Harvey. Yeah, so your personal life and enjoyment is coming above your professional career with all of your coworkers yeah, who are and just trying to make a show where you're the fucking star. Yeah, and asshole. so if there's an issue going on on taping today, they have to make an appointment. Yeah, maybe it sounds like you need to do like half the shows you're doing if you're so fucking overburdened. Yeah, you piece of shit. Let me tell everybody this. That's I- such a bad way. I've had good bosses and bad bosses. Oh yeah, and the good bosses stand out like so far above everyone else like of a te- shining diamond of teaching me how to like if i'm ever in that position of like how to treat people because yes. i've had other people who are like i've been shit on in the past guess what buddy now it's my turn to shit on you yeah those are the worst people on earth yeah but they took the wrong lesson away from yeah them. because i've had bad bosses who shit on people and i have been bosses of other people and i will never be that guy and let me also say this as someone who's been a tv producer for years and years now and has worked with a lot of different kinds of talent and met a lot of different celebrities, this guy's a fucking asshole. That is not standard fucking operating procedure. It is with some people, yeah. but those people everyone fucking hates, and yeah. that's why someone leaked that memo. Right. That guy's an asshole. Yeah. You know how you know what your responsibilities are as a fucking host of a show? I know. Minimal. Yeah. But guess what you need to do? Guess what part of that package is? producers need to come talk to you about what the fuck is going on. So it doesn't matter if someone's brushing your goddamn eyebrows or whatever in your trailer. Someone needs to come brief you about what you're yeah. about to do. I don't care if you're on Twitter or you fucking on the phone with your wife. You're at work, dickhead. I don't care if you and have you know, And you know dollars. what, too? That, fuck yourself, Steve That Harvey. guy will also be like, where the fuck is my lunch? It's late. Yeah. And they're like, well, we wanted to send the kid in, but you sent that fucking men- the memo out. And now we didn't know when to talk to you about it. Yeah. So then like two people get fucking fired because he didn't get his lunch on time instead of the one kid who was supposed to go in there and take the like yeah. his lunch order from him. Like Fuck him. Especially someone who once lived in his goddamn car, you'd think he'd have a little more humility. That's such a gross, gross way to treat people. And the language of that memo. I know. Ambushed. Like these people are your enemy and they <laughs> got you. It's like these are your coworkers, dude. You're here at work. 
Like, I think his problem is he's bitten off more than he can chew in an effort to chase as much money as he can. Yeah. And now he feels overwhelmed. Everyone's ambushing him. But it's he feels like thing. entitled. Like, he just feels entitled at this point, right? Like, I worked with a cast once who used language like that about when people would need to talk to them. And I've never met a cast who people so universally hated. Because it's like, hey, guys. You're the star of the fucking show. You actually are doing less work than everyone here. Right. You probably are on camera an hour a day. We're here for 12 and a half <laughs> setting up the fucking shot. All we need is for you to read the one piece of paper and walk in and like talk. Mm-hmm. And it's suddenly everyone's like fucking bothering you. And it's the biggest pain in the ass in the world. It's like nothing pisses me off more. I than mean, that. but there is like this ingrained bullshit culture in just the TV film industry too, where it's like. I'm you have to you have to take your licks and then you can like deliver them out to everybody. Right. And that that's wrong. Shit has to stop. That shit has to stop. But it's also it sounds like this guy's giving it to people who have probably taken their licks. Like his showrunner probably needs to come talk to him. And well, that's he might not but the, he might not have gotten the uh the memo. The mem- <laughs> <laughs> Did you get the memo, bro? Cuz it says if you're reading this, yes, I mean you. But the yes part also means that like that went to some high up high up people right oh i bet you that went to everybody yeah for sure and he's probably literally talking about the showrunner and maybe like a couple segment producers Mm -hmm. or something because i doubt like pas or whatever associate producers were brave enough to even like go talk to that guy no they and they wouldn't be allowed to normally like that yeah they're they're like that's very standard and in that business to be like, no one talks to this guy unless right, to be it's like, the showrunner or his segment producer or... People are pretty, like, quarantined from that stuff. Yeah, the guy should only be talking to three or four people anyway. Mm-hmm. And so it's clearly directed at someone who's already got a career. Yeah. Otherwise, they wouldn't be talking to Steve Harvey. I wonder if it was that know? poor guy who worked at the movie theater. <laughs> it just went <laughs> It just went to him. He's like, oh, man. What the fuck? I just got reamed. <laughs> <laughs> This guy really fucking... But I guess this is this is what my whole feeling with him is. is It's just he comes off as this family guy and this Christian guy. He wants to talk about Christian dating and how to find romance. But privately, behind the camera, he's one of these disgusting like lizard people in an ill-fitting suit who's just a fucking cigar-chomping dickhead Hollywood guy. I really think that's that's the story here. I could be wrong. I know. And that's like, there's the evidence. Yeah. And that's like why, like that stuff colors my impression of him so hard where it's like, I went and I watched, um, a Def Jam comedy thing with him. Thought it was really fucking, I thought it was like really funny. I've never seen him like just do like a straight, like he can be funny. Oh, he can. It was from like the mid nineties. It was really fucking funny. I laughed a lot. I watched the Kings of comedy thing. He's like the MC, but does like a lot of sets in between the other guys. Mm-hmm. He's really funny. I thought he was funnier than all the other dudes who I like remembered liking more. Yeah. He was great on uh, the thing with Jerry Seinfeld. But it's like, I still can't get that bug out of my brain of like the fucking memo and the shit that he did with his ex-wives. I think he's and sociopathic, dude. Like him having this like, he has this dating site called yeah. delightful.com. Yeah. And it's about like, it's a dating site for women to keep their man. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. It's a sick... Again, it's like, it's pimp, like, iceberg slim brainwashing kind <laughs> yeah. of stuff. Where it's like, you're not good enough to keep a man. You need me to, like, yeah. help you do that. Because on your own, you're 
a kind of a piece of shit. I mean, because an idiot. His whole thing is like a man doesn't want a smart woman for a one night stand, or like a, a man doesn't want a smart guy, a smart girl to pick up at a bar. He wants a dumb woman, and it's like what? Uh, so no smart women allowed. Also. <laughs> Like, going and, like, hooking up with dudes at bars? What the fuck are you talking about? Well, his thing is, like, it's got the religious overtones and the chauvinistic overtones. Yeah, like, of the, like pr- the property I'm, overtones. I'm like, a, I, listen up, ladies. I'm a man, and I'm going to tell you what you're doing wrong. I'm going to... He's he's fucking mansplaining. There's a yeah, word for I know, this yeah. Yeah, he's mansplaining it. He's like, I'm going to tell you how to keep a man. Yeah, trust me. his dick. Make him food and shut the fuck up and and go to church. Yeah, and, you're like, and that's it. And that's pretty much the bottom line. Get a TV show. Bitches. Yeah, I hate that. There was a funny attitude. thing just when you're talking about sucking dick on the <laughs> Kings of Comedy thing, Bernie Mac. His set was... I fucking love Bernie Mac. Like He's He has like guy. one of the best voices I've ever heard, too. It's so oh, yeah. good. Um, but he kept talking about like... He's like, I'm 42. I don't want to fuck. My, like, I don't want to fuck anymore. I've got three minutes in me. And he kept saying, he kept talking about wife, his like wife coming as busting a nut. He's like, <laughs> he's like, bust your nut so we can stop. <laughs> and just like, he kept fucking saying it and talking about a woman busting a nut is like That's, one of the funniest things I've ever. It's really fucking funny. <laughs> He was good, man. I liked him. And he him. kept calling his like uh, six-year-old nephew the F word, <laughs> fucking faggot. <laughs> but he was like, uh, he's like, he's like, I love him, but that little kid's a faggot. <laughs> no, 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 faggot, no. Yeah, I feel like um, I don't know. Of the kings of comedy, I liked him because he seemed Bernie Mac seemed the most like self-deprecating of them all, which I and appreciate. I, I always love that quality in people. I mean, he was like also kind of a chauvinist asshole and he did call his nephew the f word and all that but it was like he was still he was the one who seemed like he was it was a joke and it wasn't like how he really felt right you well, know comedy gives you the license of to course do a lot of, of course stuff. it's in the name of humor i mean steve harvey's stuff is all about like beating children <laughs> Yeah. But that's the Bible stuff, right? Steve like, Harvey has always seemed to me... I'm glad we're getting into the kind of comedy territory for him. The stand-up comedy, I mean. He's always seemed to me like the black version of a George Lopez, where he had a very... His act was always like, do you remember when your mama would take her shoe off? And then you knew you were in trouble. And <laughs> yeah, it's like, actually, sure. I don't, but maybe it's because I'm yeah. like a suburban white kid. Yeah. Like, I think we're coming from different backgrounds. I, I can still find that funny, yeah. and I do. But he seems to pander. That's what, yeah, that's he what I think. He panders to sort of a southern black religious crowd. Yeah. And I think there's a crossover southern white religious crowd that gets on board. Maybe not so much For with sure. the mom taking the shoe off. But no, but there was but a the bunch dating, of... Like, there was a bunch of white people in the Kings of Comedy oh, no thing, doubt. which was crazy. I mean, and that's because that was like also filmed in South Carolina. Like, no doubt, it was a big black crowd, but there was a lot of white people there too. And I For think sure. there's definitely like a southern crossover with that kind of comedy. Yeah, well, the thing about that kind of comedy is it's definitely not northeastern and it's definitely not west coast. It's mm-hmm. not like cerebral comedy. It's folksy, right? It's super folksy. It's literally like, do you remember when your aunt would come over? And you guys would all sit down to dinner before you even said the prayer. She'd eat all the mashed potatoes. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, what the fuck are you talking about? First of all, I don't know my aunt. Yeah. Second of all, 
no mashed potatoes. <laughs> and yeah, like none, none of this identifies with my life. Mm-hmm. But there's a huge swath of the country that it does. Black, white, whatever. But yeah. it's definitely southern, it's regional. religious, folksy, like almost like F.U. to the kind of intellectual comedy that goes on on the coasts. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mike's pouring wine. He knows what I mean. Should we uh, step into the cellar? Yeah, we should. Let's do it. Well, here we are. Once again, in the tasting room. So today I... uh, Did you pass me that bottle? I picked up a family favorite of mine and Amy's, my girlfriend. Mm. Oh, this is a Pinot Noir. It's a Mark West Pinot Noir. It's a great deal, and it's... uh, really good for the price how long do you think until we can start getting these people to pay us for tasting their wine on the air 20 years yeah <laughs> i think first we'll have to learn how to give real tasting notes yeah and once we've mastered that maybe we could write some letters it definitely tastes like a red shall we dual suckle okay let's try to keep it in our mouths <laughs> all right That took supreme throat control. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's actually the title of Steve Harvey's third book. (laughs) Supreme throat control. It's a Christian dating advice book aimed at women. How to to keep a man and maintain supreme throat control. All right, fuck it. I always cough during this segment. I don't know why. I guess it's because there's wine up in my gullet. Because all this alcohol has given me throat cancer. Do you love how Michael Douglas blames his throat cancer on licking his hot wife's pussy? (laughs) Jesus. She has like a radioactive vagina. She's like, what the fuck, dude? (laughs) Did you seriously go on David Letterman and tell people my pussy gave you cancer? He's like, I might have done that. Yeah, (laughs) my bad. Just kind of came out. I might now have brain cancer. Do you think Steve Harvey drinks? This is always the question I ask for this segment. Do you think that Steve drinks wine specifically? I bet you he drinks a little bit, but I bet you he kind of detests alcohol because it makes him lose control. (laughs) Yeah. Like, maybe part of the restraining order of one of his ex-wives is no alcohol. Yeah. He's got, like, a court order for it. Oh, speaking of which, should we step out of the tasting room? Yeah. Well, you want to review the wine real quick? I'm going to say, a very bold for a Pinot, and I like it. Yeah, it's good. It's It's not watery uh, at all. It's jammy. It's uh, from Appalachian, California, which I never knew existed. And you learn something every day. Let's step out. Ah, yes. That was fun. Yeah, I get the feeling that he is probably not a huge drinker because drinkers are usually a little cooler than him. Yeah. And maybe less religious. Yeah, maybe. Not always, though, I guess. That's a... Maybe I'm wrong on that I don't know where the, like... Where the crossover is, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it seems like he... Religious people are definitely ex-drinkers. Yes. Well, what I was going to say, because you brought up his ex-wife, um, is that he... Wait a minute. Is this in my Did I Do That? This might be in my Did I Do That. Should we just play Did I Do That? And then... Yeah, and then we can go on and like feel free. Yeah. All right, guys, this is a little game called Did I Do That? <laughs> Fuck, that's such a good jingle. Oh, man. We are the jinglers. We're the Jingle All the Way podcast, guys. You got a real jack for the ningle. Jack for the ningles. Jack for the quick. <laughs> Come on. This jingle is sung by Alec Baldwin. <laughs> <laughs> jack 
for the Ningles. <laughs> Jack with it quick. You get cancer from sucking my dick. You get cancer from sucking Michael Douglas's dick. Um, <laughs> but only after he has fucked yeah, his wife. Only after he's pulled out of his wife's juicy vagina. <laughs> because shit. that's where the cancer actually lives. It's not in his dick. It's not on Michael Douglas. <laughs> oh, my God. So um, this is a little game where Michael... <laughs> oh boy Mike, you're always better at explaining this no I want you to All do right. it so I got a couple options here of something Steve Harvey might have done only one of them is true Michael will have to guess it I think I did that pretty well yeah we could put that on a shirt <clears throat> are you ready Mike? I am ready do I you love... have your Steve Harvey boots on? <laughs> I love this game I got my uh, thinking boots on I didn't mean to step on your catchphrase <laughs> alright um, option one Steve Harvey suffered from a severe speech impediment as a child, but was cured by a beneficent deli owner who told him to just slow the fuck down and think through what he was going to say before opening his damn mouth. <laughs> Holy shit, that sounds real. <laughs> yeah. uh, option number two. <clears throat> Steve Harvey <sighs> once invested several million dollars into a banana import company after learning the fruit was considered, quote, the atheist's no, no. ultimate nightmare, unquote, and also, quote, it was the yellow potassium-filled scimitar with which Christ mutilates, sodomizes, and ultimately executes all unbelievers. Did he learn that from his friend, Ro? Well, it's Kurt his... Cameron. No, wait, but what's Kurt Cameron's Oh, Ray. Ray. Yeah, his buddy Ray. <laughs> his yeah, buddy yeah. Ray. Of course. Um, option three. Steve Harvey received heavy criticism from the LGBTQ community for a section of his book, Straight Talk No Chaser, in which he denigrated transgendered people as freaky-ass weirdos, confused and mentally ill, and tricksters out to ruin men with a cheap wig and lipstick. Holy shit. He resisted pressure to apologize for these statements, but to this and to this day he stands by what he wrote. He never apologized. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, that's all true. Well, that's another one. On uh, number four is Steve Harvey has never apologized <laughs> to anyone ever. All right, and our final option: Steve Harvey is an early investor and a junior board member of the Panera Bread Corporation. <laughs> oh, so this kind of like falls into the deli owner one. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of he strangely has a deli connection. In he his went life. into the Panera meeting really excited, and they couldn't understand what he was saying. And they're like, like "Slow down!" Just you know what, you're on the board, but you got to <laughs> slow down, bud. Okay, so first one, he had a mouthful of meat <laughs> at yes. a deli. Mm-hmm. He couldn't talk, so he had like a speech impediment. Yeah, and a, and a beneficent deli owner <laughs> told him to slow the fuck down and think about what. Wait, he was... what's beneficent? Like, um, um, good, good meaning and um, altruistic, Not... and I like... thought that was benevolent. Yeah, it's this. It comes from the same root oh, okay. word. Yeah, it's this. It's benevolent would be like a king that gives people a lot of. So stuff. beneficent is like the opposite of. The witch from... Maleficent. Uh, Maleficent. Yeah, so Beneficent would be someone who's out to do good. Oh, yeah, and so what do they call a like a bad ruler, right? Because you have a benevolent... Malevolent. Malevolent. So it's, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah they're, All right. they both work. We just had a little lesson in Latin hey with guys, Sean and Mike. who wants to learn about Latin roots? <laughs> Go see the George Lopez special if and you're And then watch Maleficent. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so yeah. So then okay, there's that one. number two. Him and his buddy Ray yeah, convinced he, him to invest so this is a two, double investment question yeah well no one can no one apparently convinced him but he did invest several million dollars after learning oh after but, that it was the atheist's ultimate nightmare and he had to put some money into that okay yeah. number three sounds 
definitely the most <laughs> like Steve Harvey. We're... Yeah, he got criticism from the LGBTQ community for some really mean um, transgender-related talk in his book, Straight Talk, No Chaser, and he refused to apologize for it, and it just kind of blew over. And it like kind of thematically fits with the title, too, right? Straight Talk? <clears throat> yeah, if you're going to publish a book called Straight Talk, you can't apologize for anything in there. Right. That's true. Like, you got to be like, that's that was straight talk, dude. Yeah. I straight hate transgender <laughs> I'm intolerant, bro. I said it. It's straight talk. And then the last one is that he was an early investor and remains a junior board member of the Panera Bread Company. Okay. I am going. I am 100% sure it was number three. He hates transgender people and doesn't apologize. Michael, <laughs> you are wrong. No! <laughs> more That's sure it. about anything in my life <laughs> I, I was really you proud tricked I, me you piece of shit i think it speaks a lot to his character that that's so believable jesus but hold on do you know that's not in the book no i don't <laughs> that very well he could have done that i am gonna quickly right, you get half a point for that well you um tell me what the real one is okay the real one was that he suffered from a severe a speech impediment as a child but he was cured by a beneficent deli owner who told him to slow the fuck down and think through what he was going to say before opening his damn mouth. Okay. That happened. That's amazing. Someone was like, yo, Steve, <laughs> shut, shut the, the fuck, fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> think about it first. And it worked. It cured him. Okay. To all of our dismay. So he says about transgender people. Does he actually bring them up in the book? No. This is he's talked about um Of course he's talking Caitlyn about it. Jenner. Everybody says it's the bravest thing they've seen. That's the politically correct thing to say. But for me, I can't wrap my mind around it at all. Zero. I have no concept of what that means. <laughs> <laughs> he says nothing negative he has every right okay so he said nothing negative nothing negative he has every right to live his life the way he wants to but i can't come home in the house and make that announcement to my wife to my children nothing right like every american father is expected to come, to home, come home and explain and have the caitlin jenner. jenner talk <laughs> yeah guys everyone gather around <laughs> let me dandle you on my knee and tell you Today, a man decided to wear a dress and then i don't know <clears> what to tell you just <laughs> scrolling down there's the thing that says, why haven't we canceled Steve Harvey yet? <laughs> and I'm sure it's connected to that. Well, you know, I think Steve taps into the kind of Roseanne Trump crowd that's just too big to ignore. Well, you know, Steve Harvey met with Donald Trump for some fucking reason. <clears throat> yes, I did. You want to explain this story? Um, I only know a little bit about it. So he went and met Donald Trump, I'm sure, as a fucking ratings grab for both of them. Mm-hmm. Well, he, why else do either of them do fucking anything? He said he was going there to talk to Trump about the black community because Steve Harvey is, of course, the voice, the of voice the of the black community. community. Um, and then. I think what came of it was that then he was embarrassed about it afterwards. That's what I heard. Yeah, and he was like, well, "Why course. the fuck did I do this? Stupid fuck!" I know. It's like you think. It's like. Steve Harvey is using Donald Trump for his own ratings, and Donald Trump is using Steve Harvey for a much more sinister purpose. Yes, which right? is to gain... He thought maybe he was meeting Jesse Jackson or right. anybody. Yeah, you or the, Frederick Douglass. You know what the irony of all this is, is that all these fucking nimrods um, who they speak should... for the black community... How about fucking Obama? Yeah. 
you fucking asshole. I know. Like, like who not only he doesn't, but the beauty of him is he doesn't claim to speak for the black. I know community. at all. He but claims he's to speak the for black human beings. President yeah. who speaks for human beings who everyone loves. He's the closest thing. He's b- above and beyond like a Martin Luther King figure. Yeah. So if you're as, gonna be, or as far as now. So anyway. if you're gonna go to anyone and try to be like, I need to understand black people because I'm a seventy year old white man who wants money. And they're, they're, I need to get them on my side. Why don't you go talk to the one they all actually like? Yeah, not and fucking fuck Steve, Steve Harvey, Harvey. Or now Kanye. Or yeah. Kim Kardashian for some reason. Yeah, he's a goddamn idiot. I love that um, now we're getting into politic talk. Yeah, I would. Politic. Politic. Yeah. Welcome back, boys. <laughs> it's been a couple episodes. We're back again. Um, so uh, Trump's lawyers were saying he has no time we just can't sit down with Mueller. There's no time. He's prepping for uh, so busy North Korea. Russia, yeah. He's so busy. He's on phone calls with Russia all day. He's yeah. trying to talk to uh, Kim Jong-un. I'm busy and he's destroying like, the country. I can't sit with you. I'm he's sorry. He's meeting Kim Kardashian and having a bunch of Eagles fans come to the White House because he can't get the actual Philadelphia Eagles yeah. to come. He's like, fine, I'll just invite all the racist people in Philadelphia <laughs> to come. And they did. <laughs> Did you see there's a great Onion uh, article about Kim Kardashian meeting President Trump and they like did a full transcript of their meeting and it was like, hello, I'm on TV. Have you seen my show? And she's like, yes, I'm awesome on TV and I get tremendous ratings. And he's like, I've heard. My ratings are also tremendous. <laughs> it's just like fucking idiot talk. It's amazing. It's so fucking good and so true. Um. So let's see about Steve Harvey. What else do we want to do? Should we? Um... Oh, there's plenty. There. Well, let me get my notebook out. If we're if we're running dry on Steve, I've got so, notes for days. He um. We covered this a little bit, and so he doesn't trust atheists. Atheists. Oh yeah, I'd love to get into this because actually, of all the stuff that he offends me with, I have to say this is probably my biggest one, because this guy straight up hates people who don't believe in God. Yeah, and like. Pretty much non-Christians, but definitely atheists offend him more than anyone. No, but he thinks that um, being an atheist or not believing in God means that at any moment you could fly (laughs) off the fucking handle and, like, (laughs) murder him. Because I love, he says, where his, like, one of his famous quotes is, they have no moral barometer. Yeah. (laughs) Where it's like... They can't measure the moral humidity humidity in here. (laughs) How is God supposed to measure the humidity in your heart? Someone needs to keep this guy far away from any kind of math-related or science-related joke. He clearly doesn't get it. Well, I just think that he's he falls into the classic, like, ignorant fucking trap of people who think that if you don't believe in their specific religion and their specific code of ethics, that clearly you must have none. And there's no way, unless you believe in God, that you could possibly know what's right or wrong or hold yourself accountable I know, and the thing with that is, like, so the only thing keeping you, Steve Harvey, from, like, murdering me or raping someone is your fear of going to hell? Yeah, exactly. Like, so, like, like you would have been a rapist or a degenerate serial killer, but you read the Bible, thankfully, and now you you, you don't have to worry about that. Yeah, the only thing... But the rest of us are just wild animals. The only thing <laughs> stopping him from, like, being, in, like, a horrible or a more horrible human being is that he's afraid of the punishment about it. Right. Not that he just doesn't want to, like, in his heart, he doesn't want to do it. Yeah, exactly. It's like, well, you know... It's not for me to judge whether that's right or wrong to kill and rape a baby, but in the book it says no, so I'm not yeah. going to do it. <laughs> I like this book. But this guy hasn't read the book, so I don't even want... <laughs> fuck this guy. <laughs> like, 
I, yeah, I, this is like the worst moral fallacy or whatever you want to call it of all time. And it's ultra offensive to people who are not Christian. Yeah. Or religious at all. Like, I don't consider myself necessarily an atheist, but I'm definitely not a religious person. And when I read that kind of shit, I'm like, wow, fuck this guy. Mm-hmm. That's like unbelievable. He has no time of day. And it also ties back into what 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 his success tip where he's like, only surround yourself with people who think exactly Right. Like it you. sounds like a little <laughs> like Scientology yeah, at okay, that point, yeah. right? It is exactly right. It's, it's like, like, shut yourself off from any other idea that might conflict with whatever dumb shit runs through your head. Yeah. And that way, you'll always be right. I've never like ran away from a Christian person. Because he said, if no. I find out someone... He says, the number one thing I do in a discussion with a person when I find out that they're an atheist is walk away. And it's like, wait, that's not a discussion, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ooh, it sounds like you guys had a real tete-a-tete there. <laughs> really uh, got re- to know one another. <laughs> You're so beneficent. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's fucking shitty. And I think that it's um, it's the kind of attitude that that sort of religious right-wing ignoramus brings to the table and it just does no one any good it's like look buddy even if i met steve harvey it's not like i'm trying to get in an argument with you about your religion have it bud i don't care yeah but like the minute you find out that i don't share it like i'm scum to you yeah and again fuck you you're as bad as a racist and, and again, i know that would yeah. turn his buttons yeah. you know like, and again listen christian guy i don't think <laughs> the three ex-wives like sits well with yeah. all the teachings that you follow and push on everyone fucking else. Yeah, nor does that memo, you know? Like cr- Jesus would be the guy who's like my door's always open no matter how annoyed I get, my <laughs> staff can always come talk to I me. I wanted to, so I didn't know who was going to do the did I do that and I wanted to have one in there that was in an unreleased draft of the memo. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Harvey said the one caveat is that if you will give him foot rubs while he's in the makeup chair, <laughs> you're allowed to come in. If you will rub my bunion, <laughs> I will hear you out. Yeah. No knocking necessary. <laughs> no knock raids unwelcome. <laughs> Swat me Unless all you by want. a podiatrist <laughs> or a... He's become Bill Cosby. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, I wanted to bring that up earlier because he reminds me, I'm not trying to you know conflate him with a serial rapist, but he he does remind me of the same kind of guy who's like this older guy who's this black religious sort of moral high ground guy who's constantly preaching on television and telling people to pull their pants up and this is how you hang on right. to your black man right. and all this shit um, as though he's the king of that and he knows better than everyone else. But I know for a fact behind the scenes, he's just a goddamn fucking asshole. Rapist. Just like Bill Cosby. Yeah, yeah they uh, they're the same guy, not in the crime, but in the attitude and the hypocrisy. Right, and as, and as far as like the data on all of it goes, where it's like we've had many examples of people who are high and mighty like that. Oh yeah, and look what happens, and they come in all colors, folks. Yeah, and, and so it's like you know, like we've had enough examples of this to know like this personality trait. Yeah, it's like in that. It's like that show Mind Hunter. It's like yes, you fit yeah. the you fucking. Fit the profile. You fit the profile. It's bro. like if Newt Gingrich hosted Family Feud. <laughs> yeah, and he's like rolling his eyes at people, and it's like, yeah. why does that guy have a look at his little peckers that all fucking hard in his pants? Like, <laughs> yeah, and you know it's funny. We've gone so hard on the on him, but what we haven't really addressed is his big shtick is just like <laughs> making the face that's like, I can't believe she just said that. I thought that you were about to do a segue into hog talk 
talk when you're like, we haven't mentioned his big shtick. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that was the segue. I think that's the segue, guys. <laughs> welcome you know, to big shtick talk. <laughs> welcome to big shticking. Um, as you know, from time to time, we get curious about our Stevens, and uh, I think this time Mike and I had discussed beforehand we might be curious about all the kings of comedy. And I know hogs. I am. <laughs> the original hogs of hoggity. <clears throat> well, let's measure those hogs. Play that jam. Well, 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 buckaroo. Looks like you just wandered into the wrong woods. He looked like he got a big hog in his pants. That's right, Skeeter. Hey there, fella, what kind of hog you got in your there pants? Can we see it, boss? Yeah, we're gonna see it all right, Skeeter. Get that rich yeah. there! Woo! Oh, yeah, look at that old hog. <laughs> Let's get a measuring tape on it. I'm gonna look at that hog. That's a big old swinging hog you got there, Geller. <laughs> Well, I'd be lying if I said that that didn't take on some sort of southern racial overtones that make me very uncomfortable. <laughs> I know. That's what I liked about in Deliverance, that it was just a bunch of fucking white rapists knowing <laughs> about a bunch of, like, white nerds. I just like to see white guys rape white guys, personally. <laughs> Anything else makes me feel uncomfortable. Well, um, <clears throat> the kings of comedy, four black comedians. They are. D.L. Hughley. Cedric the Entertainer. Bernie Mac. And our Stevan of the Week, Steve Harvey. All right. Well, I guess, <laughs> should we save Steve for last? Yeah. Since that's the big Got to save the, the big biggest one. for last. Save the biggest pig for the county fair is what my <laughs> grandma always said. Okay. <clears throat> Deal hugely. I mean. What do you think? Well, knowing how surnames work, I'm going to think that he must come from a hugely family. Dick uh, Long hugely. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everything about this guy says is he's probably packing a hog. I don't really think he is. Really? Yeah. What makes you think that? I don't know. Maybe just like his affect or something. He's never seemed like a uh, a huge dick hanger. The thing about measuring hogs, audience, is that it's very tough to have a real reason for your feeling yeah. on these hogs. Because we don't know. It's It's all impression and i will say that mike might know better than me because i'm not overly familiar with dl me either i thought i was and then when i watched the kings of comedy thing i was like i kind of know nothing about this guy i just remember he had yeah. a show called the hugleys yeah he, the hugleys and he also had weekends at the dl and he was also like a famous def jam guy he might even was he been, an like, mtv hosted. guy oh no i think he did host def jam i def think comedy jam maybe he something. did yeah yeah, I think so. But but all of these things are things that I'm not super like. All a fan I think of. is that he um he just seems like littler than the rest of the guys. So like, like the hugely the hugely part is yeah that's just ironic. Yeah, <laughs> it's like calling a guy like Big Tim. Yeah, he's or like it's like tiny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so DL Hughley. I almost want to like um I think I need to recuse myself from this vote. Like, I don't really? think I know enough about the guy. What too. about Cedric the Entertainer? Let's move on to him then. I, I think, think DL's not packing, so I'll just, we'll leave it right, at just I'm, my vote. And I'm, I'm under a recusal, so I'm, I'm not going to comment. I think Cedric, I am familiar with Cedric. I don't think he's got a big hog. Me either. I think he's got like a thumb-like hog. Yeah, I think that this guy suffers from uh, small pecker syndrome. Yeah, and it makes me like him more. Yeah, me too. I really like Cedric I like the, Cedric the Entertainer, too. I like him quite a bit. He's very funny. On that, um, he seemed pretty, um, not self-deprecating, but kind of, like, silly. Yeah. You know, like, on that documentary I watched, he seemed kind of like he's willing to, like, uh, kind of take the piss out of himself. 
mm-hmm. and like kind of goof around. Yeah, I, I get the same impression. He's not a, um, he's not cocky. He's not preachy. He doesn't seem like an a hole. No, he seems like the type of guy who probably like after he does his stand up and is who wants to be a millionaire, he probably goes home and like watches TV. Totally. You know, like he kind of just chills. <clears throat> yeah, like if you were on the road crew with him after work, he probably goes back to his room and like you might get him out for dinner once during the week. And I bet you people can knock on his door and he's not mad about it. No, not at all. He's probably like, hey, what do you need, baby girl? Yeah. What's, what's, what's on your clipboard? And you're like, Talk to me. me, Michael. And Don't super, call me baby girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the super nervous segment producer named Michael is like, I'm sorry. I just want to talk about like the yeah. pre And he's like, it's all right. Calm down. Slow down, like, motherfucker. So they recently took a vacation to Barcelona. All right. I can bite on that. I've been there. What's yeah. next? Yeah. Yeah. He seems like a good guy with a small dick. Yeah. Whatever. You know what? And uh, acting wise, he comes off as like Hannibal Buress before Hannibal Buress. Yeah. Just like, do you call you call him Burress? I call him Burris. Bur- uh, he might be Burris. I don't know. Yeah, I really don't <laughs> me know. either. I'm under Burress now. Thinking <laughs> about it. All right, so we've got a, a mystery hog that Michael thinks is small. He's probably right. We've or just got like a, average, another not small, small, but hog. like yeah, yeah, an average nothing hog. hugely about that hugely. And then we've got Cedric the Entertainer. Has got he's got probably, probably a smaller side of the hog scale, <laughs> yeah. but I don't. Th- I'm not saying micro penis. No, me either. I'm no. saying like. Um, He's just like five on... inches of yeah entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who's the other guy here? Bernie Mac. About? Oh, he kind of <sighs> could go. He seems like Bernie's hog. There's something I like to refer to as like a smoker's dick, and I feel like he <laughs> might have that. <laughs> Please elaborate. I don't know. Like, what is a smoker's dick? It might be like there's like a lack of like. There's like bad blood flow to it. Mm, maybe well, he did uh, suffer from ill health. Yeah, you know this. and maybe on like the gray. I'm not even talking about size at this point. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about like maybe like coloring is not that good. Like kind of looks yeah, like a sig, sickly penis. like a little burned sig. Yeah, like it'll get up, but it uh, it's like an old dog that's got to go for a walk. Yeah, and so that was like also clacking around on the hardwood. I think him talking about like being 42 and just being like sick of fucking and like he's so tired. That's a lot of. I don't his, know if that's about his hog or just yeah, exactly. It's, like, it's just his health. That poor guy is just like yeah. That's too bad because I think you're right. I think it all ties in, and it's he did have an untimely death. I think due to a heart attack. Yeah, he did. So yeah, I'm gonna guess it's tough to say what his real hog length would would be <laughs> if he was in tip top shape. Yeah, if he was in like like maybe 26 year old Bernie. I don't know because I didn't know him then. I know me it's either. I only say. knew him as like a 40 plus year old man. I can't recuse myself though. I have to make a decision. I'm going. I'm. I've made my judgment just on coloration <laughs> and so it's like yeah, and like volume <laughs> or like pressure. So maybe this one. Maybe we measure just a round or something. <laughs> <laughs> Since we have to measure the hog, we can't just like okay. describe like the attitude of the hog. I'm gonna go Bernie. Sanders, <laughs> Bernie mac hmm. i'll say he's like on the high percentile of average i would agree i think he's Bernie got like mac, a he's got like a big old he's got like a high six low seven hogger yeah i bet he's in the seventh he's, the seventh he seems, he's like pretty tall too yeah no, or he, he looks tall like a i don't tall even know if he guy is. and he had the attitude of a man who probably doesn't have a small dick because he didn't seem too bummed out about stuff he wasn't like, you know, you can kind of tell sometimes. Like yeah. a micro penis stands out 
in a person's personality. Yeah. He doesn't seem like that. He seemed like a normal guy, so I'm going to give him a, a normal dick. I think you're right. Okay. High sixes, low sevens for Bernie's hog. Now, what do you think about... I just also want to point out, this makes me feel so weird now doing four fucking guys in a row. I know. Okay, let's get Ugh. through Steve Harvey. Quick. All right, well, sadly, I think that I, I'm very decisive on his hog, <laughs> me and I too. think he's swinging a big fucking <laughs> dick. Too. And it really bums me out, because he's such an asshole. I, I think so, too. But I, I see little evidence to suggest that Steve Harvey does not pack a monster dick <laughs> in his pants. He, this guy brings his own bottle to wine tasting notes. Yeah. I think he's a pretty tall guy. I think he's a very overconfident and cocky guy. And I think he thinks about sex and relationships way yeah. too much. Which And he's too confident about it, which makes me think, fat hog in his pants. Yeah. Okay. But... Probably not as good at using it as he thinks he is. Because no, he's probably an not. ugly motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, kind of a misogynist asshole. Yeah, like, like Cedric with his little dick is like a way like cuter, nicer guy. I'd rather be married to Cedric yeah, any day. Time. I'd bounce on that hog. You know what I like going back? Okay, we can close up hog talk. But I do... <laughs> um, Bernie Mac, during his stand-up thing, or his backstage, like that dude was like 42, but he's been married for 25 years... Yeah. And he seemed like a wholesome family dude. Yeah. Which I liked a lot about him. I mean, that's like what that whole show was about, too, the Bernie Mac show. But he seems more in line with a real wholesome guy, whereas I think Steve Harvey just dresses up and makes his money off it. Like, Bernie Mac would tell a dirty joke. Like, any dad with kids would be like, were the kids asleep? You wouldn't believe this amazing hooker joke I had. He's kind of like a true, he's like a comedian's comedian. Yeah. I wish he was still around to be on the Jerry Seinfeld show. Because I'd love to like yeah. hear him talk shop, you know. I would have loved that too, and I think he's just more of a honest guy. Like you can be a wholesome um, person and a whole live a wholesome life, but also be like a normal comedian who's not afraid of saying the f word, right? Because if you are afraid of that stuff and you're like super paranoid about your brand, you're fucking hiding something, and it's so more than just the f word. The thing is, though, is that in the old stuff, Steve Harvey was pretty fucking dirty. Was he was he working blue. He wasn't doing like pussy fucking jokes, but he would swear a lot. But it's oh, funny because he would always come out and say like on the Def Jam thing, Kings of Comedy, because at that time he was on a sitcom. I forget what it was called. But so he was already on like network TV and he was saying, I'm not on ABC, so I'm going to be cussing tonight. And he would like say the F word. He's like, damn. <laughs> He's like, butts. I'm, I'm going to be talking about butt cheeks. <laughs> Everyone's like, Woo. oh my yes. God. Oh my Holy God. shit. Yeah. He, um, you know what I, it's interesting is I think he is totally taking the persona of like a Baptist preacher or something absolutely like he's got that he gives sermons he doesn't do like yeah he doesn't do stand-up stuff on the little i watched of his steve harvey talk show like it's not comedy like even like ellen is like there's kind of like a wink and a nod where it's like i'm doing comedy you know in a weird boring fucking way right right like she's kind of sarcastic or whatever right but his stuff is like I'm fucking preaching to you yeah. and telling you how to live. And then I'll be he like is. sassy and an asshole to people who come on and like, whoa, your life is weird. What the fuck is wrong with you? And then he's like funny. Yeah. But he's not really like, I think he like retired from stand up comedy. Yeah, I think so. I don't think he does stand up anymore. 
Nor should he. I think he's too busy uh, doing game shows and stuff. And screaming at PAs. Well, you know what says a lot about him, too, is I read that when he first got the opportunity to do daytime television, like, game show work, he, like, trashed it and was like, I'm not fucking doing this. Like, thanks for the offer, but mm-hmm. I'm too good for this shit. And then, like, his agent sent him what he'd be making, and he's like, oh, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, he's just a fucking... Uh-huh. We were talking about sellout or, or sellouts earlier. It's like, well, that's you, bro. <laughs> I mean, that's fucking selling out. Well, he knows it, though. Yeah, I mean, he I mean, completely Yeah, knows maybe it. he had a problem with that at the beginning, but this guy but does the, not but, give a shit. But that's exactly my point about sellout versus not sellout, is, like, he set out saying... No way I'll do that. Like, I'm too good for that, and that's below me, and I'm fucking like, I will never do it because I think I'm better than this, and I deserve better than this. And then they showed him a number, and he was like, I'll do whatever you want me to do. <laughs> it's like, that's selling out. Yeah, so this is, You're my, a faker. This is my $10 idea times 10000 or <laughs> yes, whatever. Yes, exactly. He's like, oh, yeah, sure, I'll let you do anything, which he's the, you know, he's a fucking phony. Yeah. It's such a phony. Goddamn phony. Hold on. I'm bringing my notes back out. Okay. We're getting, we're closing in on the end here, but I feel like he's a big target and we can shoot a lot of arrows in it. Um, I'm trying to think. It looks like I've. Oh, I got something. Okay. Tell Immediately. Me. So he famously called a uh, black intellectual Cornell West. Do you know who he is? Oh, yes. I... Yeah. He's a heavy hitter. And Tavis Smiley, he called them both Uncle Toms. For them, like criticizing obama's presidency a little bit right yeah they weren't criticizing obama the man or anything but they like like they were talking about like drone strikes and shit yeah like any normal american they had an opinion that was less than favorable about a decision or two of the president and tavis smiley and cornell west weigh know so much fucking more than you and i about politics oh yeah and like well, and definitely more than Steve Harvey. Steve Harvey, is, the man who met with Donald Trump, yes, to exactly. pimp out like what he thinks of as his culture. Or and let's just say it's tough for two uh, white boy podcasters to wade into the waters of internal black culture politics. I want to abstain from that, but I will say that I think that sounds pretty fucked up. It's like, super fucked. Anyone up. has the goddamn right to criticize the president. Yeah, and that to, him saying that to them sounds like some white fucker saying to me that I'm some sort of whatever the white version of an Uncle Tom is for criticizing Trump, who's like the white power president. Yeah. It's like, well, guess what, dickhead? Maybe I don't subscribe to the fucking identity bullshit that you do. And I'm sure that those guys were also pretty, like, at the worst, like, middle-of-the-road supporters on him, right? Those those guys, like, are probably against American imperialism stuff and found problems with yes, that's with Obama like you know dipping toes into the Middle East and, and shit also, like that. Like a lot of Obama supporters, black, white or whatever, probably just were like, well, you know, he can be black and I'm happy about that and I voted for him, but I don't have to love every decision he made and I have every right to have an opinion on it. Yeah. If and I, I fucking love like, the guy and I had like a few problems that are me too i love barack obama but he did a bunch of shit i don't like yeah just join the president club buddy like yeah you can't do eight years of the most important job in the world and have everyone be stoked on it and it also just shows again that steve harvey has no fucking idea what he's talking about or like real opinions you know no he just has like guttural opinions and then nothing based on like you know maybe read this like atlantic piece about the drone strikes and like 
killing an American guy who went over to be in the Taliban and why that's a problem. You know, like this is too much information for him. Yeah. Well, it's actually really funny that he met Trump because to me, it seems like they're the same type of person. For sure. Slightly different worlds they come from, slightly, not two different audiences, but slightly different audiences. But both these guys are like, I don't need to know the facts. My gut tells me what I need to know. No, well, like narcissists and people with like personality disorders will seek each other out and then yeah they will try to use each other yeah and then probably walk away with disdain yeah (laughs) like they did they'll never meet again (laughs) exactly like it's like looking in the mirror like it's like he met his doppelganger (laughs) at the mall he's like i'm freaked out (laughs) this fucking hates it it's too uncomfortable because he met another guy just like him yeah who like didn't have the time for him yeah was like oh hello yeah and then in that meeting i like kind of skimmed through a little bit of it and Trump left, and they kept talking to Steve Harvey. And like, I skipped to a point, and Steve Harvey was like, talked about ratings. You know, it's like, all right, these two guys—that's all they fucking give a shit about. It's a dick measuring contest. Yeah, yeah, it's Harvey all about wins. ratings. Well, another thing that I wanted to do before we leave is, um, did you read about his Asian man diss? Yeah, it's probably it's one of the bad. most atrocious things he's ever done. Yeah. And it's also, it was late in his career. This was not a stand-up comedy joke. No. Where it's like, Sean and I will give you a little more leniency if you're going to fucking say stuff like that. I'm okay with comedy. Yeah. I'm okay with saying really mean, edgy shit. This was like crowd warm-up for all the fucking fat ladies in his crowd Mm -hmm. on his daytime talk show. This was unnecessarily, well, it just, it's... It's obviously cruel and it's obviously rude, but it's like serves no comedic purpose and it also just shows you where his mind is at. Yeah. That's the best part. Okay, so what Steve Harvey said was that um, Asian men will never be loved or dateable by black or white women um, and that he doesn't even personally like Chinese food. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he said, yeah, he said, and by the way, we're laughing because that's so insanely ridiculous. Like, not because it's No, and he also says, I watched the clip of it, and he goes, you don't like, he's like, you don't like Asian men? No, you don't. Like, he answered before even the crowd could be like, oh. Yeah, like he's talking gr- to a woman in the crowd. He's like, you don't like Asian grown. men, do you? No, of course you don't. Nobody <laughs> likes them. Fuck them. <laughs> yeah. And then he said, I don't even like, he said, I don't even like Asian food. I don't like stuff I can't pronounce. Or like, I don't eat shit I can't pronounce. And it's like, yeah. you're fucking telling me you've never had chow mein or anything? Yeah, shut up. God damn. Like, what a fucking bad guy. And it's such, like, a low, first of all, dumb and, like, meaningless kind of comment. Like, it means absolutely nothing to say that. Well, there's, I just can't, I mean, I guess. But, like, it's not, it's, like, worse than a cheap shot, in a way. It is Because there was no point to it at all. Well, it's just plain denigrating a whole swath of humanity and it's like how many unlovable and undateable according to him and it's like how many i would love to know how many like there's probably a hundred or two hundred women in that crowd how many of them had an asian husband you know or how many asian women were in there like how many asian men were sitting in the crowd like what the fuck (laughs) what this is not what I expected to see when and I this came isn't to the like Steve Harvey show. Stand-up comedy, like, oh, you're gonna pick me out and make fun of me for being the white guy in the front of the audience at like a and mostly black even, show. It's like, not even like a like a stereotype joke where it's I know like, it's bizarre. Where it's like, 
black women and white women don't like dating Asian men because they they don't even use the railroad anymore or something where you're I'm, like, okay, right, there's like, some whatever. context yeah, there. Yeah. It's really rude and racist, but whatever. He's just saying like straight up, you're unattractive and no one likes you. Yeah, it was fucking bizarre. <laughs> Which, first of all, not true. Not true. Second of all, it shows you that he thinks that's true. Yeah. And like it's that's the reason it's a controversy because everyone was like, whoa, whoa. But I love what? the guy who wrote the show Fresh Off the Boat. Yeah. Like did a like op-ed or something that was like, Steve, let me spend a night with your wife and I bet you she'll <laughs> want to stay with me instead of you. <laughs> and he's like an Asian guy. I bet you he's right. Yeah. <laughs> I would bet money on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, Steve's ex-wife sued him for what? $60 million. $60 million for psychological turmoil and yeah, like, but you suffering? Know, she seemed, I looked at the stuff that she sued him for, and she seems like an absolute nutcase. I'm sure she, she sued is. him for um, child imprisonment, murder. <laughs> like, she said all these like, absolutely insane things. She just went for the gullet, it sounds like. Yeah. She's just like, you know, if I charge him with everything... Maybe one of them will stick. I'll get like a hundred grand out of it. I think she got nothing. Well, I don't know the story there, so I will <laughs> yeah. decline to comment. I know. I actually I tried looking into it, and there was like four videos of her being interviewed, and they were each forty minutes long. And I'm like, I could just look into Steve Harvey and not deal with like three <laughs> hours of research on his fucking crazy ex wife, saying like conspiracy theories <laughs> yeah. about him. That makes a lot of sense. Well, I mean. I feel like we might be ready to sum them up. Let's sum them up. All right, let's get into it. Come on now, sum them up, boys. Come on now, get. Come on, sum them up now. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Um, You want to start, Mike? Sure. I'll keep mine short and sweet. Hmm. Just like Cedric the (laughs) Entertainer. I um, I kind of wish I never knew Steve Harvey the man and just knew his like stand-up comedy mm-hmm. because I knew the man before the comedy stuff and he seems like a real piece of shit. And seeing the stand-up comedy, I thought he was really fucking funny. And I mean, I don't want to say like know your heroes because this guy's not a hero of mine even if i just did know his fucking stand-up comedy Mm -hmm. but he just he seems like an unpleasant guy that's a and that's kind of it i don't know i don't adult and like mature way of putting it and i really i feel like like that's what thanks i feel like that's what the sum up's about is like stepping back from the comedy of it and just being like all right seriously (laughs) like here's what i think keep your fucking door open I think I agree, and I'm just going to elaborate a little bit, which is I I actually wanted to say he seems like a don't-meet-your-heroes kind of guy because I think this is a guy who has really perfected his persona, but unfortunately we live in the day and age where your private persona is very likely to come to light, especially Mm -hmm. if it clashes with the thing you put forth on TV. And the more you're one thing here and the other thing there, the more someone's going to want to expose you. And I think he suffers from that. Yeah. And I will also add... That was very adult, too. Yeah. And I will also add that it's very disappointing to see someone who's come from so little and struggled for so hard to make something of himself be such a complete asshole about it. I know. It's pretty disappointing. It's disappointing, and that's the only word I can use for it. Yeah. It's a bummer, because I think that guy has been given the opportunity to really be... um, a great example for people 
about believing in yourself, about coming from nothing, and about, you know, just from the minority and entertainment aspect, like, this guy worked his dick off and proved himself yeah, so Yeah, to be hard mainstream. And worked his way into everyone's heart and got on TV, and he's a smiley face that everyone loves. But then privately, he's become a monster, and it's yeah. really a, a fucking huge bummer. Yeah. You fucked it up for yourself, buddy. That's my sum up. Yeah. You've lost two non-fans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also uh, reluctantly we have to admit your dick's private <laughs> yeah you fucking you, you have one thing going for you <laughs> <laughs> alright guys well that's yeah, been that's our Steven of the week don't stop the Steven